Hi, everybody. I'm excited today. I'm here with my friend Ryan. Um, he's been along with me on my journey, and uh, he'll come up later in this episode as uh, I talk about my spiritual journey. thought it'd be a great um, first episode to talk about my journey and uh, my spiritual story, and so it can uh, kind of introduce what I'm about and kind of how I got to where I am. And uh, yeah, so Ryan's just going to ask me questions as I go. How are you doing today, Ryan? Yep. Glad to be here, Kendall. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so I'm just going to jump right in. Um, yeah, I grew up a Christian. Um, it kind of would say evangelical adjacent. Um, I was baptized when I was eight. Uh, I took it really seriously. Um, I read the whole Bible. Um, I always had trouble, though, with the uh, conflicting messages in the Bible. Um, and so I kind of I, I read a lot of fiction. I was really into reading. Um, I uh, loved the imagination, the beauty within it. Um, and I really liked um, Christian fiction, um, Frank Peretti, C.S. Lewis, Tolkien, um, really enjoyed the intimate moments with God. And so uh, I was never really a, a groupie type. I kind of always stood apart from the crowd. Um, and that kind of made it hard for me growing up. Um, I was bullied, um, had some anxiety issues, some self-esteem issues, um, some depressive episodes. So my parents started uh, homeschooling me. And um, I had a hard time with school. Um, I had a hard time sitting still. Uh, it was really ADHD, um, but I really like learning. Um, but uh, I, I wanted to make friends, and I just felt kind of lonely in homeschool. So in fourth grade, I started going to private school, um, and that's where uh, the bullying kind of started. Um, it was kind of funny because I wanted to make friends, but I didn't. I didn't really find friends. I found bullying instead. So it was kind of a a lonely, lonely kid. Um, and, um, yeah, we talked about faith in, in school some, and, and that was good. Um, but, uh, it was really easy to just kind of go with the crowd, um, cause it was a Christian private school. Um, and then I, I started to get into basketball. And so in high school, I decided to start going to public school, uh, cause we didn't really have a basketball program. And so in public school, I really had to choose my own faith. And I started appreciating um, the blessings I had in life and how much harder a lot of people had um, their own lives and um, they didn't have good family support. And so um, I started to take my faith more seriously and really choose it and make it my own. And then for college, I decided to go to the local Christian college. And uh, I thought about being a theology major or a psychology major, but I was scared of the science and psychology. And like I said, you know, I, I had issues with um, the Bible and, and theology. And I just thought that if I became a theology major, that I would get very uh, dogmatic and um, just all the, the different issues. Like it, it didn't, it didn't connect with me in the heart. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it was just really hard for me. So I became an English major instead because of my love for fiction and reading so in college, um, I I had trouble again, you know, with concentration, and uh, eventually I was diagnosed with ADHD. I started taking Adderall for that, um, 
And then my senior year, I had a senior research project, and I started getting really anxious about that. And I started going to counseling, and my first counselor taught me meditation, and that was really helpful. Um, eventually graduated. I went to uh, apologetics camp called Summit Ministries, and that kind of um, was another step in my faith journey, um, just learning about all the different issues that Christianity um, focuses on, our, our culture specifically, um, kind of really connected with me intellectually, and um, that that was exciting. Um, and then after that, I went to grad school. I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. I was an American studies major. I took English, history, and journalism classes. Um, and I took a class called, in Bible's literature is a class where we analyze the Bible in a historical, um, analytical lens. And um, that was really hard for me because um, I never read the Bible in this way and it was challenging a lot of my beliefs. And, um, but, but I knew as a former English major that you know, you read books in their genre, in their context, and it made sense. So I, I couldn't reject it. And so, you know, I, I didn't like it and it was hard for me, but um, it was also good for me. I think it was a, a step in my, my faith journey. Um, at this time, I started getting interested in charismatic Christianity because um, I came from a Church of Christ background and uh, the charismatic elements were not really a part of my faith growing up. And at that point in my life, I just felt like my faith was kind of, it felt kind of dry. It felt kind of um, disconnected from the heart. And I started wondering uh, things about like the gifts of the spirit and, um, you know, are those still, still going on? And why isn't that more of an emphasis? And uh, so that, that was, that was um, a part of my journey. Um, but grad school was really hard for me. Uh, it was the first time I was away from home. Um, I had imposter syndrome, like a, a lot of grad students, um, a lot of perfectionism issues, anxiety, again, brush, depression. Um, I wasn't really responding well to all of this. Um, I started kind of messing around, had a lot of procrastination issues. Um, and so after my first year of grad school, I started kind of looking at myself and and feeling like, man, I need to get my stuff together. I need to, this isn't really who I am. Uh, so my second year, I started praying a lot. I started reading the Bible, meditating, listening to Christian music. I was really trying to get close to God and improve my mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Um, and, and I did, and it, it was helpful. Um, but at the end of the semester, I still felt like I had so far to go. I was really discouraged. Um, kind of growing up, I... When I thought about being an adult and what I was going to do with my life, I, I couldn't really see it. I just kind of thought um, my life just felt like a black hole. And um, and so I still kind of had this, this image in my mind. Um, my friend, she sent me an article on trauma on this website called Brain Pickings. And it kind of talked about how to... Um, to heal trauma, you had to experience it in a new way and um, see the more positives. And that really resonated with me. And so I kept reading this website. And uh, I read this website from about 8 in the morning till 4.30 at night, which is pretty crazy. Um, I, you know, I could read a book all day, but um, 
I never done this for this long. I kind of um, got in the flow and uh, just kind of lost track of time. And, um, you know, when you uh, have those feelings of um, something makes sense, this uh, the light bulb comes on. You get this this feeling of euphoria in your body. Uh, that's kind of what happened to me uh, over and over again. And I think it was kind of like um, uh, an act of, of grace, uh, of me telling myself, oh, other people have gone through hard things like yourself, and um, you're just you're just being really hard on yourself. You don't you don't you don't need to be, and um, that it's okay, and you're not alone. And also that that yeah, I just felt this kind of sense of oneness of of connectedness with others um, throughout time, and these great writers and thinkers. Um, and these poets who had learned to kind of transmute their pain into beautiful prose and, and, and lessons they learned. Um, and so by the end of the night, um, I realized, you know, it's time to go to sleep. So I went up to my room. Um, I started doing this meditation um, from the top of my body uh, down to my toes, um, just kind of relax and go to sleep. But instead of relaxing, it's like I connected my head with the rest of my body and I started shaking and it, I just had this unbelievable sense of love, joy and peace and uh, just ecstasy. And I felt like it, it was God and um, it just felt amazing. And uh, I felt like I heard God um, talking a little bit to me in, in my head. Um, and I was just like, wow, it's amazing. And I just went to sleep after that. In the morning, I, I still felt the same way. Um, I was, you know, again, I was on Adderall for ADHD, and I just I just went off of that cold turkey. Um, and I just, I was wondering, like, what, what happened to me? And so I just had this, um, what I could think of in my head was spiritual ecstasy. So I searched online, and I found Teresa of Avila and St. John of the Cross, and uh, the Christian mystics, and they had had their own experiences with God. And so I was like, oh, that's what it was. Um, I just had lots of thoughts. I started journaling like crazy. I had a lot of energy. Um, and I just felt like I was kind of like in sync with God and I was I was hearing him. And I wasn't really questioning anything. I was just, just kind of going on intuition and instinct. And um, there was all these, these funny um, synchronicities, you could say, uh, like one day I was with my friend and um, I just felt like I should give him a dollar. So, so I did. And he's like, oh, thanks, man. I'll use this at a coffee shop. Um, and the next day I was at that same coffee shop um, to see my life coach because I felt like it was, it was time to move on from that. And I was waiting for him and I hear the barista say, Ken. And I was like, well, my name is Kendall. I didn't order coffee, whatever. And they said it again. So I was like, okay. And they said it one more time. And I was like, all right, whatever. And so I went up there and I was like, hey, my name's Kendall. I didn't order this coffee. And they're just like, I don't know. It happens sometimes. And so I took the coffee. It was just like this $1 cup coffee. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. That's a uh, synchronicity, you could say. And then uh, my life coach came, came, showed up and I talked to him and he was like, yeah, God uh, told me that you're moving on. So it was really amazing. It was like, God already told him. I didn't even have to say anything. So it was just like, boom, boom, synchronicity after synchronicity. 
And so uh, I had the winter break um, to kind of explore. I went back home. Um, I was at Christmas with my um, family, and my cousin was playing some music, and it was just so beautiful to me. I, I started crying. It's like I was very like sensitive um, to everything during this time. Um, and like I said, I had a lot of energy. I probably was getting like six hours of sleep a night. Um, I was eating healthier. It almost felt like my taste buds changed. Um, and I just had the sense that God was in everything and in everyone. Um, and I, I was doing these weird things like I got a graph and I plotted um, X and Y axis, um, space and time. So I was kind of thinking about metaphysics for some reason. Um, I was talking to a lot of you know my Christian friends. Um, some of my charismatic Christian friends, they said that I've been baptized by fire by the Holy Spirit, like at Pentecost. And then uh, more traditional Christians were uh, just kind of like, that's interesting, but they urged cautiousness. Um, so after when a break finished, I was driving back to Waco. Uh, I drove past a graveyard and had images in my head of people digging themselves out of the graves. Not like a zombie, but like I just had a thought like death is not final. We live more than once. Um, so back at Baylor, um, I had another couple days. Um, I just had my senior research project to write and so I didn't have any classes. So it was kind of free. Um, you know, again, I didn't feel very sleepy or very hungry, so I didn't eat or sleep much. I I just thought, oh, I'm fasting. Um, so I probably started getting like four hours of sleep per day. Um, and yeah, I just, you know, during this whole time had tons of thoughts and, and feelings, um, but it's like, um, I could handle it. I felt, felt more, um, it was all positive where before in my life I had a lot of thoughts, but it was very, very negative, very hard to handle everything. Um, so I was talking to a lot of people, I kind of felt like I was communing with them. Um, I talked to an atheist, he kind of told me his views of religion and his problems and it didn't bother me at all. I just felt like, oh, that makes sense. You know, he's had this certain issues and, and that makes sense. I understand why he feels like this. So um, really like no one bothered me. I just felt like I could see God's spirit in everybody. Um, and, and I kind of had the sense that I was like, I wonder if this is heaven. Like we're already in heaven. We just don't realize it. Um, like once I was on the highway and I was I was going to speed limit and all these, all these other cars were going the same speed going the speed limit and it felt like we were like unified and I wondered if we learned and followed the laws of the universe everything would be in harmony and there would be no suffering and this would be a sort of heaven on earth um and there's just this weird experiences like I was one time I, I looked at the sun and all the clouds around it kind of just dissipated and it felt like it was giving me energy and it didn't didn't bother me and I also was like looking at the trees and I was seeing how they were, they were, they were shaped. And, um, I just had a thought, like if you, if you study them long enough, you could, you could see the, the, the wind patterns and how they shape the trees. Um, so it's just like, I was really looking into things and thinking these, these odd thoughts. Um, one time, uh, I just had a feeling I should grab, grab this book that was in our community. Um, room where I, I was staying and um, I grabbed this book and inside it said um, congratulations for completing a master divinity and I just felt like 
God was telling me, you're having these experiences, and so you don't need to go get a degree in theology. You're, you're like, experiencing it. <laughs> um, I was very in the moment, not worrying about the future, agonizing the past at all, like I had done most of my life in the past. Um, but I did think that, you know, that, that sleep and not eating was starting to get to me, and I was starting to get kind of uh, out of it and kind of loopy. And so after the third day of this back at Baylor, my roommate, he uh, took me to the hospital. And when I got to the hospital, I just saw, you know, how many stories there were. And I was just like, oh, um, this is just like uh, layers layers of heaven. Um, but at the hospital, they diagnosed me with bipolar. They said I had a manic attack. Um, they put me on medicine. I went to the psych ward. Um, and I went home for a while to recover. And... It was very, very confusing, a very confusing time. Um, I, uh, after I started taking the medicine, I kind of came down from that whole experience and I had actually felt like the opposite. I felt very disconnected from God. Um, I felt very negative and uh, had a lot of depression, kind of went through the dark night of the soul. And I was very confused about my experience. I wondered, was that real? Was that mania was it both I really didn't know and I kind of had to figure out my life after that I, I didn't to finish grad school I didn't really know what I want to do anyways um, I did have to kind of recover my, my brain and um, you know just just focus on you know getting a job and figuring out what I was going to do and I was on meds for a while and that kind of made me feel like a zombie like I didn't have um, I couldn't really feel my emotions strongly and I kind of went through, you would say, like an emotional deconstruction. Like I didn't um, really think it out intellectually, but it just felt so hard to go to church and to read the Bible. Um, the Christianity I grew up with just didn't, it didn't seem to connect with me any, any longer. And I don't know, I was just having a really hard time with that. Um, eventually, I, I got off the medicine and... Um, you know, they, they told me that I needed to be on meds the rest of my life and um, kind of talking about mental health and the whole medical Western community. It's a, another podcast episode. Um, but uh, once I went, out, I went off the meds and really, you know, worked on myself um, and, and tried to do healthy things, um, do it from a more nat natural way to uh, make sure I didn't go manic again, um, which I didn't. And I started being able to feel my emotions and I felt like I was starting to make progress um, and uh, started going counseling again. And eventually I, I, I figured out that I wanted to go back to grad school for, for counseling. And um, I knew that, you know, this time in grad school, um, I really wanted to do things the right way and be healthy. And that if I was going to be a counselor, I need to uh, be well so that I could help others well. Um and in grad school, um, my first counselor had recommended this book to me, and it was a book about near-death experiences. And so I read this book, and I realized that a lot of um, experiences people had and realizations they had in near-death experiences were some of the same ones that I had in my own experience um, back at Baylor, back um, my own experience with God. Um, 
And so I thought, oh, maybe there's something to this. Um, and at that time, I had gotten a mentor, and I started reading the Bible and going to church again. And and I was starting to get my faith back. And uh, my mentor mentioned to me um, that Ryan, uh, who used to be a missionary for our church, um, had gone through his own kind of uh, spiritual journey and had you know some of these same questions and thoughts that I had. And so um, I started talking to him, and he started uh, recommending books to me, and we started talking about things. And I also started um, finding a lot of people on the internet who had been going through the same process. You know, um, we are going through a cultural deconstruction and uh, reconstruction of Christianity. And so um, that was very beneficial and helpful to me. And so I hope to have some of these people on the podcast, but um, that's uh, kind of where I'm at now. And so this podcast is kind of to continue these conversations and uh, talk about all these things. Yeah. Wow, man. That's a lot of really interesting stuff and a really good story. So thank you for sharing that with all of us. Uh, of course, I have several questions, um, and I think just primarily to help us help us as your listeners um, be able to understand better kind of what you were going through, and um, you explained it all very well, but just to help us have a better feel for it. So first, first thing is when you started to have the more lucid experience, like being aware of, as you termed it, of God and everything and everyone, et cetera. Um, what period of time was that, 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 that enjoyable experience lasted before, before having to go to the psych ward, et cetera? Yeah. Um, that was about, uh, say around a month. Around a month. Okay. And then, so what happened, what do you feel happened? Can you recall that you said you started to feel loopy? Uh, how would you explain, like, what did you feel happened there? Yeah, I think, um, you know, uh, what what the doctors say is that uh, going off of Adderall cold turkey can cause mania itself. Oh. So, um, you know, one possible explanation is I had a experience of God and then B, I went off of Adderall and that caused the mania. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be intermixed with uh, the after effects of my experience with God as well. Um, and so of course also not getting sleep and eating is going to affect all that. And so even though, you know, I felt very energetic, um, maybe that could mask, uh, the sense of, oh, I actually need sleep, you know? <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So it's like you're in kind of a state of euphoria mm-hmm. and, or just you're feeling good being fed by a different kind of energy and a different kind of like experience of I'm good, everything's fine. Right. And then, so that kind of took a toll on maybe your body, the way that your brain functions since it had been working off of Adderall, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Gotcha. Because I was curious because, um, you know, I mean, good of your friend to help you out and to take you somewhere. Um, But I was wondering, like, even it seemed like when you showed up at wherever it was you were there in Waco, you still had an awareness that things a more a more lucid experience, like you said, you your experience of that building was like the levels of heaven, <laughs> right? Which is pretty funny, <laughs> pretty funny experience. So you still had some like um, lucidity or some awareness, mm-hmm. even like when you got there, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I was 
aware throughout to, to some degree. Um, but I did have moments where I kind of, uh, where, where my feeling kind of switched, where I kind of had this paranoia, like, oh man, I, I kind of feel like this is starting to take a toll on my body. And, and also like, you know, a words, I kind of, I was like leaving things around and was like, oh, I'll find them later. And so it was kind of like, man, I, I'm starting to get disorganized and like, where's my key? I could get locked out. Mm, and okay. um, just gotcha. some like warning signs, like maybe I'm getting a, lot, a little too far out there, you know? Mm, gotcha. Gotcha. So maybe in a way not um, is, is the getting too far out there by way of uh, not feeling grounded, right, not yes. feeling organized mm-hmm. and not able to kind of hold both together of just the simple uh, daily tasks, yes. uh, making sure you don't lose <laughs> your keys and such, right. while also having a very interesting experience. Okay, so so then would you say it's pretty accurate to say the medicine that you started taking at that place wherever you went mm-hmm. in Waco, um, it's it started to effectively shut a lot of that lucidity down? Yeah, I think... Um that's probably a good explanation of, of why that stopped. Um, also, you know, I'm not sure if anybody can sustain that level of, um, of, of how much thoughts I had and, and, and that, that high feeling of joy and love and all that stuff. Um, I just don't know if that's sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like, it was like you were a conduit of energy Mm -hmm. and you weren't grounded. So like you were unendingly, a whole bunch of energy passing through you, your mind, your body, whatever. And I mean, understandably that current can only keep going for so long without being grounded. So right. I mean, that's understandable. So how, then you said after that experience, you said um, you needed to take some time to recover your brain. Mm-hmm. How do you, what do you mean by that? Oh, right. So after, um, you know, I was in the hospital and I started taking medicine. Um, I did feel like my brain was slowed down a lot and I was, my thoughts are very simple and very slow. And I even, when I talked, I kind of slurred my words some. Hmm. And so it's hard to know to me how much that was the experience and that hurting me versus that's the meds. I don't know. It, it's hard. Oh, okay. The, wait, wait. When you say that experience and hurting me, what do you mean? The experience uh, of hurting lucidity? Me. Yeah, yeah. And, and just um, how how much I was thinking, how... Okay. And just like the sleep and the so eating. So it was kind of like a crash, for lack of better words. Right. And it's hard to know whether it was the crash that was really affecting, you know, kind of the slowing down or the meds. Mm, or and some of both. Probably both. But and most likely I was feeling, as you were saying, that, I mean, high, I don't know what medicine you're taking, and I'm not an expert in medicine, but, um, you know, you just generally feel if they had, if they had thought – so this is part of the question that I have, sure. and it's the question of um, what was your experience of hearing that they thought that you were bipolar? Yeah. Um, well, at first, you know, I was still in that euphoria state, so I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but as I, I think, you know, as time went on and I came back down the earth, um, I, I think kind of growing up, you know, and that self-esteem and the shame and anxiety, like that all kind of came back and I was just like, Oh, I proved what I thought was going to happen that I was going to become an adult and just kind of crash and mm-hmm. fail at life. And yeah, here I am not feeling like I'm not living up to my potential. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I kind of have to like start over and uh, it took a long time to kind of 
get over that. Mm, yeah, gotcha. Do you, I mean, that makes sense. Um, so it feels like what I'm hearing you say is um, clearly to you, you, in your experience, there was a lot of repressed emotion, a lot of repressed shame, a lot of repressed, you know, guilt and or fear, et cetera. And of course, that beginning to come out or becoming becoming aware of that kind of as the other half of your lucidity, your lucid experience of you're okay, everyone's okay, et cetera. So would you feel that it's accurate? I mean, I'm just curious by way of a question. Um, do you feel that the diagnosis of bipolar and or mania is accurate? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I just, because now you're not bipolar. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I kind of feel like this is a, a conversation for, for a whole nother podcast. So I don't get too much into it. Yeah. Um, I think that, um, everybody can have mental illness, um, if they are, uh, not doing well enough and everybody can also, not have it if they're doing really well. Um, and I think that our kind of understanding of mental illness is uh, you either have it or you don't, and mm -hmm. it is kind of flawed. And yeah. um, we also are usually looking at the symptoms rather than what's the root and what's the cause and um, viewing it under that more holistic lens. And yeah. so there's always a lot more to the story. That's it. Well, no, that's that's a that's a really good response. That's exactly kind of what I was feeling. Like, I know this is not my story, but what I was feeling about it was, um, as we know, with our very good friends who we appreciate, um, who are in the medical community, but still within the medical community, very keen to label things very quickly and very keen to put a label on something so that they know how to frame it and how to give medicine to it, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So what I was hearing from you is that it's a lot more of a fluid and interesting experience than just to put a label on it such that it was bipolar or manic. Uh, you get what I'm saying. Right. Um, and to me, that's helpful because the way in which we label something, the way in which we name it affects the way that arcs, the way that mm -hmm. we experience it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So like hearing you give this whole story is really helpful, even just to me, because I had only ever heard, you know, you mentioned your, your, uh, during the time that I was manic, et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera, you know, and that phrase is, there's no, there's nothing wrong with that phrase, but at the same time, uh, what I've been trying to get at here is to ask, what is your, what is your felt experience of that? Mm -hmm. Like, do you feel that that label is fair? And what I've heard from you here is more helpful because it, it feels like a lot more clear, um, it's a clearer trajectory from the lucidity of the high energy experience, the, if you want to say it this way, the part of you that was not remaining grounded during that experience that allowed you to be able to kind of be both and, mm -hmm. both functionally, practically able to do what you need to do, but also having this experience that was out of the norm in terms of thoughts, in terms of awareness, awareness etc. And then the other realization that the there was a lot that had been repressed that most likely was coming up and needed to come up. Mm. And so like 
it was all very fluid and all very helpful in a way, but in a way, like you said, maybe just because of the ungrounding, it just kind of came to a crashing halt for right. lack of better words. Mm-hmm. And I just, I think it's helpful to frame it all that way because that is very, that is not just very normal, but it's a very healthy set of experiences that happened, right? I mean, it's a very healthy trajectory mm-hmm. that, and I say healthy by way of, it helped you to be aware of maybe a tendency that you had um, which was the, you know, the desire to, if I can say it this way, the desire to be lucid, to mm-hmm. have an experience mm-hmm. that is outside of your normal experience, which up until that point had been a lot of depression and a lot of like anxiety, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So it was like the euphoria and the joy was even more like, a, man, I'm so glad to be experiencing this as yep. opposed to what I've been experiencing before. <laughs> yes. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Is that accurate? Or? Yeah, that's totally accurate. You know, I... Always uh, had little moments, I guess, when I think back in my life um, of uh, euphoric and intimacy with God and that kind of thing. And I'd always desired that. And I always desired the, you know, the spectacular experience, which, you know, is is good and bad. You know, um, you know, sometimes that's there, sometimes that's not. And you have to also live life and um, appreciate it in its many forms. But mm-hmm. Yeah, so one question I had um, thinking about your experience um, is how... How do you feel that this experience has helped you um, to think about your approach to not just daily life, but as it relates to spirituality in a way that is grounded, both grounded and able and willing to put yourself in a space to be more aware or to to be more lucid? Um, how do you how have you found it to be helpful in a balanced kind of way? Um, yeah, I think just trying to be holistic, um, just paying attention to the intellectual, the emotional, um, the physical, um, you know, reading, reading books uh, from different perspectives, talking to people um, from different perspectives, um, practicing, you know, meditation, um, prayer, mm-hmm. um, you know, communal worship, a church, um, yeah, and you know, therapy, um, just all, just all the different ways that um, yeah, healing and growth. Yeah, and and you said several times um, throughout your story that you felt disconnected um, from your heart. Um, how? What do you mean by that exactly? And like, how do you think about that now in terms of your practice? Um. Yeah. Um. I I think that you know it all stems the heart is like central it's it's the grounding um and um you know it, it's i think about the fruits of the spirit love joy peace and i don't think of those as like emotions uh though they can be but they're they're more um the, the ground all below your emotions which change second to second and so mm-hmm. if i can um you know, when I'm feeling anxiety, when I'm feeling, um, you know, overwhelmed or whatever, if I can pause and feel that love, joy, and peace um, underneath all those things within my spirit, uh, that helps me ground me. Yeah. I mean, that's great. That's a great answer. Yeah. And and so what would you say as well, like from the the lucid experiences and whatnot and, and all the way up until... Um, you know, we've, what we've called the, you know, kind of crash. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the primary things as you look back on it that you feel that you learned from it? Like how, 
Um, I mean, obviously, you know, as I hear the whole story, there's a lot. I mean, it's a it's a powerful experience. So, but how would you how would you articulate just a couple things that you feel like um, have really impacted the way that you think and mm-hmm. live here? Yeah, it kind of um, blew apart my construction and understanding of reality. Yeah, um, and so it just made me more open to uh, different people and different. Um, you know, whether it's politics, religion, different ways of thinking um, and what I can gain from them, what they have to say, and also what what all connects us together. And I think that, mm-hmm. you know, um, we we do have all these, this connection uh, underneath all these um, ways we articulate our mm-hmm. beliefs and everything like that. Mm-hmm. We all have um, uh, felt experiences that are, that are similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that we're a lot more uh, united and there's that oneness below all these differences. And so I've come to really appreciate that. And also just, you know, um, I think that, I do think that, that underneath we all have, you know, that spirit of God within us. And um, I think one thing Jesus really taught was to, to, to view people and see that spirit of God and to try to um, treat other people as that spirit and to bring that out in them and to do the same thing for yourself. Yeah, that's really good. Well said. Um, I think like you've said just now and then before, it almost feels like it was a felt experience of, of the heart level, um, the or you could say the the spirit of God within us, the, the kingdom of heaven within us, mm-hmm. the the shared ground of all of our being, which is that we live and move and have our being in God. Mm-hmm. And that felt experience of that gives a particular kind of grounding to the way that we perceive each other and we perceive events. And in a way, it gives the grounding that when we're in the headspace and trying to debate and talk and whatever, it it delegitimizes our in a way it delegitimizes our debates and our differences mm-hmm. because even while you and I may disagree on any number of things and you and anybody else may disagree on any number of things at the head level, at the heart level, we know that there's a connection and know that there's a sameness. Is that, is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. Well said. I agree. Yeah, that's good. So then um, after your experience, when you, of course, started to have to, you know, you were you were having to take the meds and whatnot, and no doubt that was affecting, um, you know, your ability to process. And as you said, you felt very kind of dry, not as in touch with not just, uh, you know, reality, <clears throat> um, but also not as in touch with your emotions, et cetera, et cetera. So as you started to work through that, though, you noted that um, you used the words, you started reading the Bible again, and you said, get my faith back. Mm-hmm. How, how would you experience your, your, your return to, um, for lack of better words? Yeah. I mean, cause then you started going to church again and such. Mm-hmm. So like, how would you, how would you articulate your return to what felt like your faith from the, from previous? Right. Um, I think that, you know, reading these different books, talking to you and a lot of other people, I realized that there is a lot more varied understandings, um, you know, uh, different religions, but also within Christianity. And there was a lot more room to explore and that it was okay and getting past that shame and that fear of like, oh, I can't question or I can't think this or I can't believe this. And um, 
I think that part of my realization is that, um, you know, God, Jesus, they're more concerned about having a relationship with them rather than how much you understand or have everything right. And we won't ever have everything right. And so that just opened up a lot more freedom and joy and um, enjoyment in exploring these different things. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's well said. And I mean, it feels like part of that was, you know, you got to experience um, some of what I think, as you described, I mean, you know, uh, not that, not that just pure lucidity and, and thoughts and awarenesses outside of the norm or outside of our normal experience are a fruit of the spirit, but more you experience a lot of joy, a lot of peace, um, a lot of patience and kindness with other people, et cetera. So it feels like you had experienced a lot of what maybe I'll just say as best as we can think of um, what it feels like to to experience life from within the ground of the fruit of the spirit or w- mm. within a, a very spirit filled and led mm-hmm. life. And then, so then returning to just reading and, or some of the things that you had experienced before any of that lucid experience, I can see how um, it might feel a little bit dry for lack of better words, mm-hmm. where it feels like it's going back to um, uh, the words and, or the text um, rather than that, which feels like there's life within it, et cetera. Right. So I would say, I mean, that's, that makes a lot of sense for your experience. And I mean, I think you've done well to, to be in a both and space because this is what I was going to ask. I mean, of course I know the answer to this question, but explain more for the listeners. Um, why is it that you didn't just stop going to church, stop reading the Bible, mm-hmm. et cetera. So. Yeah. Uh, well, I won't say that it wasn't tempting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, th- I do think, you know, for a while, you know, I really craved that experience and, you know, not to say that I, I still don't to some degree. Um, but you know, there's a lot more than just, uh, the highs to life. And, um, I, I think it's really about, you know, bringing the kingdom of heaven into, your everyday and, and every little thing can be special if we can have that perception and see that. And so uh, that's really the goal, not to try to always find the high mountain, crazy high. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as um, church and the Bible and stuff like that, um, you know, I do think that community is valuable and important. And, um, you know, there's still things that, that, that those people can teach me and, Um, but I also think that, you know, whatever our experience in life, whoever we are, what we've learned, it's important to, to try to share that and to try to help others, um, and, and, and teach, Mm -hmm. um, from, from what you've experienced and what you've learned. And so I also have a desire for that. Um, and, and so, uh. Yeah, I, I think church also helps keep me keep me grounded as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think that's good. Um, how would you? I think I think a, a helpful part of your story as well is, and maybe you could just say something about, um, like you just said, rightly so. I think a lot of people 
um, we kind of look for all the highs. Um, Mm -hmm. We do everything we can to make sure that we have these lucid, you know, mystical experiences, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And not just are they not long lasting normally, but also that can become its own kind of form of attachment. Or escapism. Or escapism. So I wanted to ask exactly that. Like, um, what has been your experience of you know, having had some of these experiences, but then coming back down, or there's no other way to say it, you know, Mm -hmm. being in your day-to-day life, Mm -hmm. allowing and experiencing a lot of that which you had repressed and need Mm -hmm. to look at to come up in your relationships and in just, uh, you know, day-to-day life. What has that process been like, you know, the willingness to actually look at that stuff? Yeah. um, Well, you know, I've... um, I think it's been helpful to have all these people that have also had um, been going through a, a growth, a deconstruction, reconstruction, or or just you know believing different religions and um, different different um, yeah different paths. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just given me the freedom to talk about these things and to ponder and question um, without um, feeling like. Uh, someone's going to be defensive or be like, you can't question that or mm-hmm. you can't believe that. And it's just openness and, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's helpful for, for both of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll say like, just for the listeners here that we are collectively grateful. Uh, Kendall and I are at the same church and the leadership at the church is fantastic. And they allow, you know, they engage in a very helpful way a lot of all of these questions. And that has been one of the great, I think I can just say for both of us, um, but I know for you, if the church leadership was not like that, it would be a hard place to be. Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. Just to say that, you know, having people like you and, and the, the leadership and some other people to talk about these things has really helped me be able to come back to church and, and make a, a better experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel for people that um, are not finding that at church and mm-hmm. I understand why they would leave. And um, I, I, you know, think that maybe the, sometimes that's what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I completely agree with you. Um, well, yeah, before, before I move to another question, as it relates to um, these, this last year of your life and where you're headed, um, is there any other just thoughts um, as it relates to what you've learned from this process and or looking back at your lucid experience here? Yeah, um, I think just uh, I just a lot more open to maybe there's a lot more modes of perception or you could say like levels of consciousness there's that that humans can have. And, you know, while it's important, I think it's important to be grounded, but um, but also be able to incorporate these high experiences or um, perception and maybe that um, we, we can do that. And um, there's a lot more that can be helpful for us. And, um, you know, maybe that's one of the things that Jesus called us to do. Um, so that's, that's something that I am exploring. Yeah. And what's, what's really interesting about your story and as it relates to that is, as we've already touched on, but I think it's worth noting here, is that it almost feels like a spiral. Um, it almost feels like 
you know, you have you have an experience that that in a way makes you feel higher than some of what normal day-to-day reality makes you feel. You know, mm-hmm. like same for all of us. We have all of the mundaneness that we have and or get to experience every day. And some of it, depending on how we perceive it, can feel very like ah, I wish I had something else going on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And again, this is where some of the impulse of escapism comes from. Mm -hmm. And another term that's helpful is spiritual bypassing. And it's it's the idea that, man, if I could just have my fingertips in heaven all the time, things would be much better. You know what I mean? And part of what's interesting about your experience is that it's it's kind of like a spiral of what really is the process, which is maybe glimpses of that for some people, yours maybe more than some of us, but glimpses of that. And then it's almost like a coming back down mm-hmm. and it's a reintegrating, a releasing of that which was holding us um, by way of repressed emotion and or you know shadow work for lack of better words. And, and then it's... So it's almost like it rises back up in a way and then it comes back down. It's just like mm-hmm. a, a continual process yeah. of experiencing both. Mm-hmm. And that that's a, a, a feels like a more, um, I don't want to just say healthy, but it, it's a process that doesn't allow for any... Um, stagnation? Yeah, stagnation. Yeah, and or disassociation from experiences that we judge as as bad or we mm-hmm. judge as not as fun or mm-hmm. as mundane. And so I feel like that's part of what's interesting about your experience is, you know, um, and I mean, it just helps for for some of us as well just to listen to it and say, you were doing all the normal mundane things that you were doing in every other part of your life. It's just you had a different perception on those mundane experiences. Mm -hmm. And that's helpful. And that's part of what I think you're right. Like part of the spiritual life is not, is not going to try and take ayahuasca and make sure you have a really nice mystical experience that you can tell people about. It's learning to bring the experiences that we've had of lucidity through prayer, through centering prayer, through meditation, through whatever, mm-hmm. um, bringing those into the into our daily felt experience of our life. How would you would you say? Yeah, it's well said. Um, yeah, you said it well. I don't know if I have anything to add to that. That's, Perfect. That's great. Yeah, well, great. Okay. Well, so um, question then, as it relates to how did you make the choice to move into psychology? Yeah. Um, well, I thought about, you know, undergrad in English and, and, and books. And I just thought, you know, what I really love about books so much is all the, the lessons, um, they're like parables, you know, that they teach us and how that can help us in our life. And so I was like, oh, well, that, that's psychology. And I really value and appreciate, you know, one-on-one deep connection and talking about our emotions and, and all these things. And, um, you know, uh, day-to-day life, you know, it's, it, people aren't, you know, very open about these things. And so it's like, you know, we, we can actually hopefully get into that in counseling and, you know, really do that deep inner work and, um, you know, help, uh, break up that stagnation and, um, Mm -hmm. help, impel that growth. Yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, I didn't know that you had originally had a thought of doing philosophy and or, I mean, uh, psychology and or theology. And then for just because of where you were at your, in your Mm -hmm. life at that time, you said, no, thanks. I don't want to get into that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So now after all these experiences, um, it's given you a new awareness and or appreciation of actually moving into it. 
Um, so would you say like, um, you know, are there, is there any bit of fear and, or that you're facing as you stepped into it or do you feel, you feel slightly different about it, but. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, before the experience, I, I would have been like, no way. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, like, I think I can do this, but mm-hmm. you know, there's still, you know, uh, there's still part of me that, you know, I want to have all the answers. I want to be able to tell people exactly what they need to do and, mm-hmm. um, Every, meet everybody where they're at and and find what is best for this person. Mm. But I know that that's not always going to happen. And that it's, you know, psychology, what you really learn is that you're not the expert. Everybody's the expert in their own life. And mm-hmm. what I, how I see it as, is you're helping them um, listen to the spirit inside of them, mm-hmm. the, the spirit of God and help them hear that so that they can learn to trust that and, um, go on their way and guide guide themselves. Yeah. You know, and of course we'll always have uh, other people around us, and that's important. But uh, I think that what's most important is is to have that connection relationship yourself, and to um, you know you you can you know your your own life better than anyone else. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that's really good. I mean, I, I can just see how your your lucid experiences allowed you to experience what it feels like to be. Um, both non-resistant and non-hurried, um, you know, right. relaxed yeah. and not having to have the answers and being able to talk with people like the atheist friend that you noted, where it's like you didn't have to try and convince him of anything, mm. nor did you have the desire or feeling to. And so it's interesting that, you know, you've had the experience of what it feels like to be, I mean, like you said, an effective uh, uh, um, counselor, psychotherapist um, that allows people to come to an awareness of, of, I don't want to say, I don't want to say their own answers, but Mm -hmm. we all know the empowerment and the effect of people being able to come to realizations in and of themselves Mm -hmm. with someone walking them through it with good questions, et cetera. So that just feels like your experiences have primed you to be able to do that well. But then there's a part of you that, of course, just like all of us, that says, oh, man, I, I just need to have all the answers and be able to tell them what's going on and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. So where are you headed? Um, what is what is the what is your goal? Like, um, where would you like to see yourself here in three to five years? Yeah, man. Well, you know, I still play around with different um, ways of of being a therapist or ways that could help people. I, I'm not. I'm not sure exactly, you know, and, and for the first time in my life, I think, you know, that's okay. Like it's, um, I'm trying to take it one step at a time, but, um, as far as, is if I, of any idea, um, just have my own private practice being a, a counselor and, um, you know, uh, you have to, to meet people where they're at and, and, and focus on what they want to focus. But, uh, what I, what my bent toward is like deep psychotherapy and really, you know, helping people do the inner work, the shadow work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Um, another question or coming to the end of this episode, um, want to hear your thoughts of um, what um, what has led you to want to start this podcast and what are your goals? Um, what are you looking to, to do as you go throughout um, these episodes? Yeah, I think um, first off, you know, uh, just to have a platform to help other people know that it's okay to go through these stages of your faith mm-hmm. and have doubts and questions and form different beliefs and um, explore different things and that that's okay. Mm-hmm. And 
um, to, you know, hopefully make people feel like they're not alone and to kind of build um, connections and community. And, uh, you know, as I go forward, you know, I want to interview other people and, um, you know, get their own experience and see what we, we can learn from them and just making that connection. Um, and, yeah, I think everybody's got a story and got lessons to teach each other. And so helping us find our connections between different people and different beliefs and, um, and yeah, it was what we can all learn from each other. Yeah, that's really good. Um, yeah, well, I think, um, you know, I, as a, I will sometimes be helping, um, by way of asking questions, um, when it's helpful as well as, um, getting to be a part of some, uh, interviews that I know you'll do with folk. Um, so for myself, but then also for the listeners, I mean, you, we appreciate you being willing to share your story with us, um, you know, through this episode, I think I can say for myself that it's, it's actually super helpful to, uh, to hear it all explained as to, you know, where you've come from these last few years and, uh, what's led you to be where you are right now. It's actually really helpful. It's actually, um, and not just helpful, it's actually this, the experiences that you've had illuminate particular aspects for all of us that I think we can, we can learn from, but they also illuminate particular experiences that we've had and to help us be able to say, yeah, I've, I've actually had an experience that's kind of similar to that, you know? So that's really helpful. And I think just on behalf of all the listeners, we're looking forward to all the coming, um, interviews that you have with folk. I mean, of course I know some of the people who, who you'll have on here and it's going to be fantastic. So looking forward to all that. Yeah. Thanks. Um, appreciate you being here uh, today. And of course, um, you know, you've been huge in my own journey and, uh, you're the first person I told this story to and, um, help me <laughs> articulate it and put it all together. Um, and so I really appreciate that. And I'm really looking forward to, uh, the future episodes. Um, and I'm looking forward to all the great guests. Um, so yeah, that, that ends our podcast today. Hope to see y'all soon. Yep. Thanks.